coach is forced to move his family to a downtrodden town after losing his last job as a football coach. He sees the potential of starting a cross-country team full of forgotten and troubled students with no aspirations or hope. Welcome to the Walt Vault with Michelle, Andre, Louise, and me, Emily. We're a family-friendly podcast where we pick a new Disney movie each week. We watch it, share our thoughts, and then relate it to pop culture, fandoms, and anything else that pops into our heads. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the Walt Vault, episode 47. Good morning. We're recording very early in the morning. I am sick. Let's do this. This week, we are talking about the 2015 sports film, McFarland, USA. Better known as McFarland Land. Uno, dos, tres. McFarland. McFarland Land. Land. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great movie. Um, I throw in the extra land because it's like Disneyland. So it's like McFarland land. (laughs) No, we throw in the extra land because that's how I say it. It also kind of rolls off the tongue. McFarland land. McFarland land. Uh, This movie was directed by Nikki Caro, who uh, directed Whale Rider. Did you guys ever see Whale Rider? Did you see my face just drop? Did you guys ever have to watch Whale Rider in a class like I did? What class did you watch that that? in? I don't remember. Uh, Like in high school? Yeah, in high school. It's a film. I wasn't in that class. It's a film about like uh, aboriginals in Australia and they, uh, they they ride whales. They 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 hang out in the ocean a lot with the whales. Oh, that's they're, dope. They're being subjugated against by the evil Australians, and uh, mm. you know other stuff. Are whale whispers. There's whales there. Uh, There's and whales there. Nikki Carr was also going to be directing the live action Mulan movie. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, after well, watching this, I'm happy yeah, about it. Yeah. She okay. She did a great job. Did good. Good stuff. Uh, starring Kevin Costner. Music by Antonio Pinto. First impressions. Oh. I thought you were going to say Antonio Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> Louise, let's start off with you. First impression. Love this movie. A lot. It, <laughs> it, um, He's smiling, It reminds guys. me of home. You know, and all, all the great parts of it. Very nice. Uh, Andre. Um, I like this movie. You guys had watched it before I did, so you hyped it up like a lot. And it didn't quite reach your hype level of expectations, but it was still better than I if initially... If you had watched it with us. It was know. still better than I initially thought it would be. This is my first time watching it. I had never heard of this movie before Louise started going off about it. Let's let's I, remind I everyone think, that Andre is sick. Yeah. <laughs> so that's his own fault for expectations. Uh, I think the reason why uh, Andre... and uh, You know, I'm just going to say it. This might be a bit sexist of me. But well, the reason why <laughs> you okay. didn't kind of have the high expectations as us is because, you know. Because um, we're all the same sex over here, me, Michelle, and all of and Louise. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love this movie regardless. <laughs> but, you know, we got my wife over here with a lot of extra hormones carrying, you know, baby room number two. And oh, Michelle okay. was, I wish you, you know, very this. hormonally. So you were obviously hormonally. they loved it so much more. Because <laughs> hormonally, it, that's a word. It, 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 it tied to their, um, it tugged at their emotional strings. It oh, did. Okay. We're women. It tugged at it. It did. No, so no, no. Gotcha. I thought you were. Scientifically. Only. <laughs> not, not stereotypically. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I'll give or you. biologically is what I'm trying to say. You know, I'm fine, I thought you I'm were fine saying if you had that said women, all, we like it. I thought you were saying they were all trying to get some of Tommy Valle's. Nah. What's the uncle's name? Thomas? What was the uncle's name? I don't remember. Low and slow, bro. <laughs> Anyways, Anywho. let's go back to first impressions. Low and slow. Michelle, what was your uh, first impression? First impression. 
Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Like, I would watch it again. I would recommend it anyone for... I'm comparing it to other sports movies. Like, I didn't see this movie because I was like, eh, sports movie. Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing it. My parents saw this in the theater and they absolutely loved it. And I should have trusted them and I should have gone and seen it. But I'm happy my first time watching it was with y'all because I loved it. It was great. Emily. Yeah, I agree. Um, Luis has been trying, literally been trying to make me watch this since 2015 when it came out. Um, we owned, we've owned it the whole time. He bought it when it came out. He was so freaking excited. We were like at Target and he was like, yes, McFarland land. Um, and like, we, like we've talked about, every time we drive down the 99 and we see McFarland, he's like, let's watch that movie. And I'm like, no. Um, but now that we've watched it, I will say my favorite sports movie. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, it's really million dollar good. arm is really good too. Oh, but okay. this one is is I like the the cultural aspect a lot. Right. This one, and I, I think we should start with that. So we should maybe explain where we live in California. Is uh, we live in a farming community, agricultural um, economy for yes, sure. We're or. from the Central Valley, which is huge on agriculture. We feed. A lot of the world <laughs> in this part of California, where they call us the breadbasket of the world. Yes, like we we're a very ag and community. The almond basket, and the corn basket, and the cow basket. <laughs> we do our Which seasons I don't even think we in relation to food. <laughs> like I, I hate so. spring because it's almond season, and they're going to shake the almond trees, and I'm gonna my face is going to swell up. Like I I like think of the seasons where we're from in relation to foods because that's just where we're from. So well, right now we just had harvest, and so everything is dusty. Like right. yeah, every my nose thing. is. I, you guys can probably hear it a little bit. Like I'm pretty congested. There's there's some <laughs> stuff going on in the air right now. It's not my friend. But, you know, that's where that's where we're from and we're, pr we're proud of it. Yeah. And also um, the Central Valley is largely uh, largely Hispanic populated mm -hmm. um, where we are. There's a huge community. Um, so this movie for all four of us, we can really relate to. Like when I saw McFarland, I was like, it's not much different than Series or yeah, Modesto the, 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 the or places girls, where we're from. The little girl was like. Are we in Mexico? I was like, nah, y'all on Crow's Landing. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Crow's Landing. Oh, uh, yeah. Crow's Landing Road, by the way, is like basically like quote unquote little Mexico. There's so many taco mm -hmm. trucks. You can get 50 cent tacos where they cut the, the meat off the, what do they call that, Lou? Where they cut the meat off the... Mm, yum yum! Cut the meat off Cut the, the pastor. You can go to El Pollo Feliz and they like cook it on the yeah, thing. We, oh, we delicious! Live, we live 170 miles north of McFarland, and uh, everything from here to there is all farmland, basically. Which basically. it's it's really funny too because I think, especially if you're not from California and you think of California, we have the weirdest perception to outsiders. Um, yeah. People think I've, I've been to the East coast so many times and people have asked me like, Oh my God, do you live in San Francisco on right. the beach or in Hollywood? I'm like, like California none. is none. so big and people from not here think that the it's majority. the beach, Hollywood, San Francisco and in LA. And I mean, yeah, that's but like it. the majority of California is ag lands mm -hmm. and that's where we're from. So, well, and especially because we do live in, in, I won't say the biggest Valley, but one of the biggest valleys right in the center of the state. Um, and so, like Andre said, even up farther than us, even if you go like up to Sacramento mm -hmm. and then all the way down through Bakersfield, right before the grapevine, where you kind of get down into Southern California, right. um, we, there's just that entire expanse 
out to the ocean and out to the mountains. Mm-hmm. Both mm-hmm. are just sad. It's all agriculture land. So it's really interesting because every single one of the, t- I won't say every single, but so many of the towns in between right. look exactly like McFarland. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny too, because we're watching this movie and they drive into McFarland for the first time off the 99. And like you said, she's like, is this so in Mexico? <laughs> and I, the could, exit. I kept thinking to myself that this was present day. Like it just because right, it yeah. looked real, it looked like today, but it was supposed to be set the in the eighties. Eighty-seven, yeah. But at the same time, it, it probably it probably looked exactly like that in the eighties, and we just that's just how it's always looked mm-hmm. because, like, Luisa's hometown is Livingston, California, and literally McFarland is Livingston. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's a little there's there's minor differences, but they're just very similar in the population yeah. in the migrant community. Um, in just the way that the roads look and the way that the the yeah farms look. It's just oh. so interesting. Livingston is actually a little bit smaller. Slightly smaller. Oh my god. Livingston has thirteen thousand people, McFarland Land has fourteen thousand people. Well there you go. <laughs> that census is outdated. We're up to fourteen thousand. Oh. It's a, this is as of twenty sixteen. It's it's, it's funny. because Luis moved out. That's yeah. why. <laughs> so um Luis moved his happy butt out oh now there's goodness. less people. Also since we make we make the commute to, you know, SoCal Disneyland all the time, like you said, we always pass McFarland mm-hmm. and I, I wonder I don't think I ever noticed the running things there before. Like on the overpasses over the freeway, they have the runners now. So I'm sure they, I'm assuming maybe they got some royalties from this movie to kind of like do up that. Well, there's that too. But I think even before, I bet those runners. Those, you think they the were there run, and we just on, didn't notice? On that bridge. No, I think it was there probably since this dude took this team to state championship and that that and. Which is so nice. Is Livingston like that, where they all go out to the sports games and stuff? Mm. Yes. I, unlike any town. Uh, so to a on, certain degree. Andre and I grew up in the same town. Michelle actually grew up there, but went to a different school. And sports were not like that in no. series. No, not in series. Like where the entire community comes out. We, we go to soccer games in Livingston, and Luis's parents literally live across the street from the high school. So they we'll do, just like yeah. walk across, walk in, and people are just coming out in droves. Like Piling people in. Who, people who graduated four or five years ago in their entire family. And I'm mm, like, right. that is not what happens yeah. in my town. No. So I thought that was really cool because that's it's the, it's the pride, I think. Yeah. You know, to see... To see the new generation doing something really cool. But I was going to say about those runners. Apparently, um, when all of this hullabaloo was happening um, (laughs) in the 80s and 90s, they ended up um, re, re, I don't want to say retheming, rebranding the mascot of the town into a silhouetted runner. Oh, no Mm. more cougars. (laughs) <laughs> that was right. the high school oh, mascot. Right, right. Oh, mascot. Excuse me, sorry. But like the town became this silhouetted, silhouetted, silhouette, yeah. silhouette, whatever, yeah. runner. So that's why when you're going under the 99 and you see the overpass, you have all these silhouette runners in the back. Yeah. Gotcha. And now when we wanted, well, now when we drive by, I kind of want to see is Danny Diaz in the back. But <laughs> <laughs> Danny Diaz is my favorite. You can't just say his name like Danny Diaz. That's Danny Diaz, he's awesome. the best. Let's That's go ahead and talk about the characters. Yes, okay. okay, we can start with Danny. He's my spirit animal. <laughs> okay, stop. Uh, start with Danny. <laughs> he's always snacking. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Danny comes in last for a reason. Yeah, I'm okay with that reason. <laughs> no, no, no. So let's wait on Danny. Yeah, let, let him be last. Let's build up to Danny. Fine. Let's talk about uh, Blanco. Just start off with Blanco. You might as well. I mean, the oh, story right. is somewhat Jim revolving. White. Mr. Jim White. 
So Jim White is played by Kevin Costner. Um, they the are cause. the cost. Huh? The cost. The cost was high. <laughs> And it's actually really funny because the first scene in this movie, literally first, what, three, four minutes, mm-hmm. Michelle, <laughs> we're watching this movie, me and Louise, and then Michelle texts us, have you guys started yet? And I was like, yeah, we just watched the first four minutes and they're already good. So she comes over, we, we watch it. And legitimately, he is in his town in Idaho. Mm-hmm. He's in his town in Idaho. He's the football coach and he gets so mad at one of his players who was being a total like yeah he's being a, he's being a big old butt yeah like i would be very mad at this kid mm-hmm. too but being a big old butthead and he throws a cleat like at n- not particularly at the kid right he, at the he wall, wants to hit the, the locker, locker. Behind he throws it at the locker it hits the locker but then bounces off and the cleat hits the kid's face and he scratches his face he bloody right <laughs> and so the he next bloody. scene is him like Moving to oh, California. This, movie, man. this is all funny. <laughs> like, it doesn't say he gets fired, but. <laughs> but it's like. He gone. Like, and bye. Like, on very the gone. Like, not even, not even just <laughs> next just town so over <laughs> in Idaho. It's like, I got to go three states over to California. <laughs> Which is so funny, because like I said, Andre Andre didn't watch this movie with us. So he's watching it last night. I'm doing the dishes. And I was like, he's fired. <laughs> and Andre's like, oh. like, I know. So, Mr. Kevin Costner gets fired, and he takes his wife and his two cute little white blonde kids mm-hmm. to, to McFarland to Mexico <laughs> to <laughs> McFarland and they roll up at their new house that is very different from the house that they were living in you can just well you can see from the from the right. one scene um and there they're like okay well this is the life we're gonna make and immediately for me at least I immediately love the mom yeah she's she's great Cheryl Miss Cheryl White Played by Maria Bello. I feel like I didn't know her name. I kept calling her mom or yeah, wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's trying to make it work while everyone else is like, oh my God, this is just rough city. Um, dad. Why'd you bring us here? Dad. What's yeah. the, who's that woman on the wall? Dad. You gotta paint the wall. Dad. <laughs> Virgin of Guadalupe. Also Sacagawea. <laughs> <laughs> Bread basket. <laughs> Bread basket. So through different, through different dinner interactions, um, Coach White gets hired on at McFarland and you start to meet all the different kids and we can go through all the funny stuff because mm-hmm. there's a lot of funny but we start meeting all the kids the first um, is Thomas Vias, right do we meet him for I That's think we meet Johnny first, first. Meet, oh I don't remember who we meet in order but oh, okay. you meet uh, the one that got a concussion yes, first Johnny Johnny Johnny's the on cute, the football Johnny. team he so he doesn't so have to run cute. the lap he's wearing a linebacker's number and he gets clocked Twice. Hard. Hard. <laughs> Those kids were games. trying to get him. Also, they lose 63-0. to zero. Man, they suck. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, not, they suck. Not You're right. So They're only <laughs> as good as their crappy coach. Yeah, so. Oh, God. The jerk? The yeah. jerk Is it the coach. jerk? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, so you meet Johnny. and He's, he's the cutest. He's, he's so cute. You can see he's excited. He's, like, really the only one who just wants to do something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. Hi. And he kind of... I wish they had called him like the ringleader or something because he kind of like brings everyone together. together. He, right. he, he even like the first day of practice, he's handshaking everyone. He's like, yeah, welcome to the cross country team. <laughs> he, he's adorable. And we, then we meet the dude in the tank top. Victor Puentes. Yeah, Puentes. Victor. I just I, call him Puentes. Oh, see, I called him wife beater the whole time. <laughs> which I always <laughs> wearing a wife beater. I know that that's Listen, so awful. Re- but that's reference to everybody on this podcast. Just don't put anybody in a wife beater. <laughs> God, those shirts are awful. 
And and I asked Luis, I'm like, are they actually called wife beaters? He's like, I wonder if they were called white beaters and then they just got like a bad just, rap. Yeah. But anywho. Those dudes just kept wearing them <laughs> as they beat their wives. Goodness so gracious. awful. It's not funny. No. Um, but anywho, he w- he's like the Mac Daddy of the group. He thinks he's like the he cutest. He's, the play he, he's, player. Like, he's like, you don't want to ruin all this. Like, when when white tells sweaty. him. You want to get this sweaty? You want to get this sweaty? Ew. So like scrawny. And literally I remember um, uh, for those listeners that don't know i used to teach out of middle school <laughs> and there's a kid that was exactly like him would say stuff like that all the time would be like hey miss hurst you still got a boyfriend like things like that where You're i'm like, like he was pointed <laughs> like that kid was just he was feeling himself can you, know? you not hilarious <laughs> so funny and then who do we meet after that? It, it, I, do, I, think I think they yeah, go into that, the that's DS. Where we go with Vaya. So yeah, that's when that's no, when. No, 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 guys, hold on. Let, let, let's backtrack. A okay. Bit. I think we meet the Diaz brothers, Fuentes, and Johnny. All they're at all the in the PE class. Yes. Remember, right. because um, doesn't the mom call the Diaz brothers away and they have to yeah. get on the truck? <laughs> so yeah. They book it. Like, hey, we gotta go. You know. like, tell your school. mom to wait. You tell her. She's like, vamanos, vamanos. <laughs> you tell you, her. That's where you have, you know, Victor and saying, you want to mess with this. Victor actually ends up running in the one that stays behind is Johnny. Yeah. Yes. And then I think next up we have. Hold on. So uh, we wait, have wait, David. Don't skip the Diaz's. David, Damasio, and Danny. All the D's. The D's. And it's really funny because this is a little forward hinting. We can talk more about this later. But all of these kids were the actual kids on that 78 team. Uh-huh. Or. No, 87. 87. Excuse me. Excuse me. 87 team, except for Danny. He actually um, is a real person, Danny Diaz, but he graduated the year before Jim got there. Oh, okay. Um, But because they wanted to really reinforce that, like, familial tie, they They put all three. They put Danny in the same grade as them. Gotcha. um, Which is cool. But they're still all brothers. Oh, yeah. They're all three brothers. brothers, So were the two twins then? If they were, were they in the same grade, the two younger ones? Oh, I don't know. I I don't know. We could just say, like, they were just senior, younger. junior, sophomore, or something yeah. like that. You know, okay. just fudge it up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So, but I thought that was interesting that all the other kids were actually on that one team, right. but Danny was actually like a, a year older. Mm-hmm. Anywho, but go they ahead. wanted to put that in the movie. Yeah, I get it. And then we meet Thomas. Yes, Thomas. Thomas. Just, he's just running home. He running to school. He running to work. That dude is so fast. What did they say? He clocked him at like minute mile. Five minute yeah, mile. Yeah, five minute mile. Going 12 miles per hour. And he's just running to work. Like and I love how he's like, <laughs> yeah, I know he's not running way. like from the cops <laughs> yeah, or anything. White is running. just following him. He's like, what are you doing following me? <laughs> he's like, you're really fast, dude. Um, also, I was telling Andre, I, th- I think all of the actors are very well placed. Like it was a great group of quote unquote kids. But I kept saying the whole time, like Thomas looks not like a kid. And then we looked up his age and he's in his. 30s. Yeah, Carl- he was born in 86. Carlos Pratt played, played Thomas. Yeah. The actor who plays Thomas. I was like, why does he look so much older? And even if you look at his body type, he's like buffer, yeah. which it makes sense that they would make him like the really quick one, you mm-hmm. know? But I was like, he looks so much older. He's just short. <laughs> Do you want to know something good about that actor? Mm. Apparently, all, not every other one of them, but most of the other kids actually had like running backgrounds oh. or, or, or sports. And he was the one who had to train the hardest to oh, get into the role. So it's funny because he's the one who was like the fastest, right. the strongest, the everything. And apparently they had him like like running, 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 running like all day long, le- legitimately. Mm-hmm. He had to practice separately. And then he went and did CrossFit at night. Man. Like, no wonder he looks so buff uh, yeah, in this he's, movie. Because we up. were like, dude, that that is a buff 
high school. <laughs> and like he he impressed me in all of his like running scenes. Like there's the scene where they're going over the the little hills of almond shells or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And he's he's having a meltdown or whatever, and he's like, you know what? I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Whatever. You can't do. You can't pin me down, coach, or whatever he's saying. And then. <laughs> And then he gets frustrated, and then he continues to run away. Yes. Like, uh, like he's, he's still he running. Falls, <laughs> and then he ran home at a five-minute mile right after he ran hills for, like, 45 and minutes. And then he's still yeah. running home. Goodness gracious, Thomas. He was born to run. <laughs> I he's love like gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> no cheetahs catch him. I just love it, dude. Like cougars. <laughs> Only cougars. Oh. We just got fancy. Good. Oh, it was great. Man. But um, then we meet... Our last kid, Jose Cardenas. Cardenas. And this is the kid. I call him the soda machine kid because yeah, that's, where, yeah, we, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. where we first meet him. Pretty He's much change from the soda machine. <laughs> he pretty much keeps getting in trouble, mm-hmm. and so Coach White just gets him. Like he doesn't. At least based on the movie, <laughs> they don't see him do anything other than getting in trouble. Right. So he's just like, yeah, because you get over here. I, You're on the team. <laughs> I think what it was was just uh, you know, Coach White needed someone else. He needed that you know one person. He was just walking around, you know, snooping. Sees a kid over there getting in trouble. He's like, I'm gonna go save him and force mm-hmm. him to be on my. <laughs> That's what he did with Tomas too. Tomas was beating someone up, and, and then he was like, "Hmm." So he goes into the office, and they're like, "Congratulations, you made the team." <laughs> Try no to look happier. Try to look happier. <laughs> He's like, "Ah, great." <laughs> He's just like blackmailing his kids into like not getting suspended. I but think you know what? Hilarious. I I honestly think that that's so great. And this is like a little sidetrack, but I truly believe like White was an amazing coach. Oh, but for also, sure. um, my father taught, um, a volleyball team and the women's volleyball team, the women's basketball team and cross country and track all, um, throughout the time he was teaching at middle school. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, I would go to the school like as a kid and all the kids would be like, Oh, your dad's Mr. Hurst coach Hurst. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, he's the best coach ever. Mm-hmm. And like, I would go to his volleyball games and his basketball games. There was one girl in particular that he basically like raised through sports or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, you know, my dad was a great coach too. So watching this made me like proud of my dad. Oh yeah. I was like, good job daddy. Well, and I think that this, this movie throughout the course, it just continues to show like the relationship between a oh, good yeah. coach and their team right. and how much influence they have on. And I think this is why I love Luis so much too, because Luis is coaching uh, varsity this year. Well, he, he's the head coach for the soccer team um, at his high school, but it's so much more than just playing that game. Like mm-hmm. the game is so temporary. It's fleeting. It, it goes right. by so fast. The season's over, but the life lessons you teach the kids really make a difference. And, um, so many of the kids or I keep calling them kids, but the adults were, um, interviewed later and said that like coach white was the reason they went on and did all these other right. things. That feeling of camaraderie has to be great. Like I, I grew up as a gymnast, which is kind of a team sport, but it's not really like you're scored individually and stuff like that. So it's very competitive in that way, more so that all of the gymnasts were extremely petty towards each other. And then I remember going into high school and being on the volleyball team and was like, whoa, this is like a team, mm-hmm. you know, so that sports are good in that way, even though I don't particularly watch sports or anything. Oh, yeah. But I think that like for high schoolers and that, it's like really important oh, yeah. and he, and he to kept, learn that. He kept pushing them throughout the entire movie, too. Like yeah. there's the scene where he's like plopping SAT books on their desks or whatever. It's like, hey, you guys can get into college if you if we go far enough and then you'll be able to help your families out with a degree which will be much better than you just working out in the fields. And like I know, that's I love that's that. a conversation 
that those kids will remember for like their entire lives, you know? Well, and they that, probably never had that conversation. Right, exactly. You know, That's their parents aren't telling them to go to college necessarily. Their parents are like, hey, sorry, but you like need to work in the fields for us so we can make some money. Yeah. But if they can get that running scholarship, like he just opened up, which some of them did. A lot of them, we, we find that out at the end, but that's just such a huge opportunity. Yeah. He I said they like, all did. You're right. They all went, they all they all went, went to college. college. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it, I think it does a, I just love the evolution of the relationship in this movie. I think they did a really good job with that. He's such like a father figure to them, which I just love. And it's, you know, it's from a different perspective. It's probably a perspective they needed. And that's the thing about someone of privilege teaching in that kind of community setting that is willing to like understand them and oh, like where they sure. come from then that's when they can really make a right. huge difference there, you know? there's the scene where the the other teacher is like telling white to like hey you can like help out with these community things these kids need you uh this whole community needs you and he's oh, like the he's spicy like, girl yeah yeah <laughs> and he's like i just got here i don't I, I coach football she's this already is, telling him what to do she's like listen you're from privilege let's help them out you know what i mean and which dur- is and during that scene i was like yeah he, he just got there he, he doesn't care about anything about this town yet I, I don't really understand but then by the end when he is an active part and she's reading the essays that the kids are writing and she's like crying and it's so beautiful it's like oh Oh, yeah, he he really did need to step up. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good that, that he did all of that. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we forgot, like, the whole thing about this movie. Sorry, we're there, getting no, off topic. No, it's not the, a bad thing. Uh, the whole thing. Shh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie is about the running team, right? right? Yeah, awesome. but it doesn't feel like it. Well... Feels like a like a coming of age. Uh, well, I, yeah. know, I know it's about running, but there there's a lot less running in this movie than I thought there would be. Oh, I thought there was a there's hell a of a running. lot of running. There's, there's a lot of running, but there is. But I got Thomas distracted Lyons. of it because apparently, the year that they decided to do this was the first time that they were going to like provide title funding for a team and a coach, and so that's how he ends up getting himself like this team, right? Yeah. Which apparently that's a little like funky with history like with the actual team but especially since he got fired from coaching you know in the movie he got fired from football and then decided to take up running with no prior background um but anywho so he takes these kids and he's definitely like in the family's eyes stealing them from work time right so these kids wake up at maybe three, four o'clock in the morning, go out and work in the fields, come back, go to school, go back to the fields, and then come home and maybe do their homework. Who freaking knows? Right. Go to sleep, do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Every Saturday, every day of the Just week. Every day. Um, very well could be doing it on Sundays, but who knows? They didn't portray that. Luis is shaking his head no. <laughs> no, Sundays. No, most likely not. They stop work on Sunday. Okay, so most it's, the, of the, time. it's the holy day. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> but these kids are working so, so hard. And so there's a huge struggle in between, number one, Coach White trying to get them to see that they can be a team mm-hmm. and beat these other established white kids of privilege, yeah. pretty much. Um, number two, um, get their time away from the fields without their parents getting mad. mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and number three, um, getting the the funding needed, the clothes, right. the everything yeah. that they need, the training equipment, the, the training knowledge. Dope Adidas tracksuits. The Cougars. The best tracksuits. <laughs> the Cougars with the E. 
I wanted a I wanted a Adidas tracksuit now so bad. Right. Um, so With that luchador looking cougar in the back. Yeah. Andre said that that was the most eighties thing about this movie was the tracksuit. Yes. With the hat. <laughs> Dude, me and Luis looked at each other when we saw that tiger, and we were like, or the cougar, the and cougar. we were like, oh my god, it looks like something Ed Hardy and it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> they're so proud of it. I love it. So it's really interesting because that whole character development's happening while they're trying to make state. Right. I love it. Yep. So yeah, that was just I was just pulling the story back together. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh. You look like you want to explode. Tell no, em. no, I'm fine. I'm just sipping my coffee. Just <laughs> sipping my coffee. Sipping my coffee. You know, um, hold on. I think this is a good place because I do know what the battle is because I may or may not have heard <gasps> the pre-battle. The cross-country battle. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, this week we have a little bit of a um, new type of battle. It is more of a coming-of-age battle. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to make me run. Oh. No, I was not. That was my coming-of-age song. So for this week's battle... <laughs> hey, you're marrying me. Stop laughing. Uh, <laughs> He's going to laugh until the yeah, end of time, girl. He loves me. It's subject. fine. All right. This week, the coming of age battle is who do you think needed the other more? Do you think Coach White needed these kids more or these kids needed Coach White more? Yikes. That's a complex question. That is a Ready? Very complex question. Go. Because Jim White, before he had these kids, he was a mess. He had crazy anger problems. He got fired like four, five, six times. That's like the that. best part is when you find out it wasn't just that one time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he, he got major fired issues. over and over. The principal was like, problems. are you still going to have these issues here? And he was like, no, nah, I don't think so. I think I'm done with that. And then he was like, okay, good. And then he's in there the next week or whatever <laughs> saying, hey, Coach Fanks over here is eating his apple, <laughs> being a dum-dum, saying you have having issues on the field. Best Which scene. it wasn't <laughs> Sorry, even an was issue. So that coach is a jerk. Oh, yeah. That's that's what really – like, he didn't stand up for himself, which I understand at that point. Like, what right. was he going to say? But the cute kid – what's his name? Johnny. Johnny, that's when he got the concussion. He got concussion. Like, he got laid out twice, and he, he's, oh, he takes him over to the side, and he's asking him, like, Johnny – what did he ask him? What day is it? Yeah, what yeah, day is it? All, he was like, he's like September. September. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. And he's like, I'm cool. I'm cool, coach. And you can tell he's not, not cool. cool. And the the head coach wants to put him back in. And so the quote-unquote disagreement is that he wants to save him from further concussing. Yeah, he's like, concussing. hey, Johnny, sit down. Like, uh, He's going to sit down because he cannot perform right now. Poor kid. And then and Coach then Fangs went in. Coach and just eating his apple. Went in to complain. He whined. He snitched. <laughs> to to the principal. He's about to get stitched. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So hilarious. <laughs> so when the principal's like, you had your chance to talk and you let me talk for you. <laughs> you are dismissed. You know you're not fired either. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, oh. well, and you want to talk about that co- the freaking um, principal, Valente Rodriguez is the, is the, the actor. actor. Mm-hmm. 
I couldn't take him seriously only because he played Ernie on the George Lopez show. Oh, that's right. That's where I know him from. <laughs> and I used to watch the George Lopez show like religiously when I was still at home. Yeah. And so it was so funny because Ernie was like the stupid friend. And so in this, he was supposed to be like an authority figure. And I was like, nah, nah Ernie, whatever. Dummy. <laughs> dummy. He had a big old mug. Yeah. He had a gigantic orange mug. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I okay. Okay. Back anyway. on track. Mug, I thought you were talking about his face, but you were talking about his Oh, God. <laughs> All right, back on track. Big old so, mug. he had a Thanos mug. Mr. White definitely needed this kid. His character development, he actually bloomed into a, a coach, but I think we figure out how much he needed this town and these kids at the end of the movie when he has to make the decision is he going to go to Palo Alto where he's mm-hmm. gotten an offer or is he going to stay in McFarland and his wife Cheryl does this whole speech which just like really hits home mm-hmm. and like makes like he he needs these kids like they've changed him what does she say about it feeling like home she says like this is the what is that uh, like wrote, the first wrote, time it's it felt it like home or something. nowhere i've ever lived has felt this much like home which is a very good line probably the best line in the movie oh for sure she's my favorite character that mom man yeah Woo. He'd be needing her, too. Right. Like, he's losing his mind she's without that She's a great wife. Yeah. She stayed positive the whole time, even when they were just getting there. She's like, all right, it's all right, kid. But Leave also, dad alone. the kids freaking needed him. Tomas probably would have jumped off a ledge if it wasn't for Coach White. Yeah. Like, it's really hard because I think it was, it was equal. Like, he made a difference in a lot of kids' lives. But those kid, all of those kids made a huge difference in his life and his family's for sure. life in right. general. You know, so I, but I, I still think as much as the kids like to think that they didn't necessarily need him, like Tomas was like, yeah, I don't need you, you know, but they, he, it was like his father figure. He was a future shaper for them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe they didn't feel like they needed him in the moment, but they, cha- he changed their future. Sure. When, and, they, and when he gives a speech at the end and they got, a l- I don't know who it was, but one of the boys had like a lone tear. Going I think down it was Damasio. I was like, no, Damasio, no, he's <laughs> crying. But I, I think, I think in the end, like he, he needed them more. Like it, the way that I felt was like they changed his life like completely but in the perspective of these kids would have had no future had he not come to said town in that way then like the kids definitely needed him more so it's like a tie for me like they it, they both needed each other but it was like in different ways yeah so i don't know if i can say it was one more than the other i don't know how you feel yeah um it's hard to it's hard to pin down because like the the kids had had no had jim white never shown up uh, the kids probably would have went on to continue working the field, started mm-hmm. their own families, and you know, uh, you know, kept kept the circle of of life going in in McFarland or whatever. And they would have lived. Yeah, they would they would have been fine. Maybe some of them would have went to jail or whatever if you know if Tommy kept fighting or or what have you. If Jose kept stealing stuff from <laughs> vending machines, um, so you know, their their lives would have continued on. And if if Jim had never gone there, he probably would have kept going to different schools and probably flunked himself out. You know, he's gotten fired permanently from teaching at, at some point if he, if his anger issues kept, kept up. So it, it is, it does seem like pretty equal. Like this is the perfect fit for all mm-hmm. of them. Um, so who needed each other more? Uh, I will, I, I think I will pick Jim because 
he because because of those kids he he reshaped that entire town you know he reshaped the whole the whole place is better because he was there and his family yeah i feel like i really would be interested and this is one thing i wasn't able to find but the relationship with his kids yeah like how it was changed because of the familial ties of the town Mm -hmm. um he goes from forgetting his daughter's birthday cake to throwing her an entire quinceanera in one night. Yes. Like you go, man. <laughs> the best. Um, so yeah, I kind of agree. I think that Jim needed the town. Right. Jim needed the change of pace in the life and yeah. kids and get rid of his privilege a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No more and burgers. I, and I think because <laughs> no more burgers because they changed Jim. Therefore, he was able to change their lives for the better sure. because he didn't really have that personality about him at first. So I can agree with you. I think Jim needed them more. And then the consequence was they changed him so much that he was like, I'm going to change their lives too," type of thing, you know, because he got so attached to them. So I can agree. I think Jim needed them more. Well, and that's one of the, one of my favorite lines in this movie is when they're all sitting around like after a practice and he was like, well, just so you guys know, I used to train like train wimpy kids to be tough. And now I'm tra- like and then he like doesn't really finish. But he was trying to say, like, you guys are already tough. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I think that's really cool because they're teaching him to have a softer side or, or a more accepting side. Right. Yes. And I, I absolutely love one of my my I have two favorite scenes from Mr. for Mr. I obviously his speech at the end. But I think where you really can tell like he has changed is he goes to work at the field with the Diaz's to convince their father to let him be on the team. Right. And that's when he's really like, oh, my God, these kids that I coach do this every day and he's dying. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's intense for a coach or just a person in general to do that for somebody. Yeah. Like he really needed those kids. Oh, yeah. He was about them. What do you think, Lou? I agree with uh, the with you know UMs and you know that he needed them more, and I agree with every point you made because had he just shown up, and he probably would have done what he was set out to do, which is just you know coach, have a job, and not do much. Right. But these kids actually changed him, and from that, um, he was able to better their lives. I don't yeah, think exactly. he could have been the type of coach they needed to better their lives. But it's funny because you guys all, you know, uh, hit the nail on the head with the fact that because Jim needed them, as a result, you end up kind of figuring out and seeing along the way that they needed him and essentially the community needed these kids and needed this coach. And it's that a just complete yeah. transformation. Well, and I think that's one of the coolest things about this whole movie. And I talk about like trying to hold back the tears at the end. And you guys know how I hate feels like <laughs> don't want to feel them. Right. <laughs> but at the end, you see. And this is what I always want from the based on true story movies mm-hmm. is like at least a picture or something of right. like the real people. Oh, yeah. them like putting their hands yeah. in or something. No, it wasn't even a picture. It was like the video of present day team running yeah. with the kid, the actors yeah. running with or with them on their with Jim on his bike, on his like bike. that is fantastic yeah. because it showed every single thing that those kids are kids. They're adults, Emily. Mm-hmm. The things that these adults are up to and every single one of them went back to the community and our teachers, McFarlane. correctional yeah. officers, um, 
Writers. Writer for the Land LA owner. Times. Yeah. If you think of it out of how many kids are on those team, only one went to jail and they could have all. And he got out and went back jail. to work in McFarland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least he went he went back. They're all in their hometown still. Well, and the thing about the jail, um, we didn't really explain this, but the the reason the jail is so important, not that just like, you know, poor kids go yeah. to jail, but <laughs> it was that in McFarland, and, and the way that they portrayed it in the movie isn't much different from real McFarland, but in the movie, they portray the high school butting up literally against the prison. Right. And symbolically, that is the worst thing that I have ever seen. You can't <laughs> go to school and be thinking about your future all the time. Like, I, you're constantly thinking about your future in high school, and you look out the window and see a prison. And they're literally hearing, like, the prison bells, the prison, like, um, announcements yeah. and stuff. Yes. Yeah, when they're running the race, and you hear the bell, like, dinging, like, okay, come back in, inmates <laughs> from the yard. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> inmates from C-Block. Like, oh, my. You know? Um, so it's so there's a huge theme in this movie that many of the kids in McFarland end up in the prison system because of just the way that the town is built and right. the way that the stigma um, hits them. And in real McFarland, it's not that much different. It's like two streets away. Yeah. It's right it's there. It's right there. And they very well could be running past it if, yeah. the, if they're doing that. It's um, yeah, the route we drive down, you see the jail first. And I'm assuming that you know the jail is uh, closest to... Uh, 99 mm-hmm. and then I think on the other side of the jail you'd see the school because I don't think it's very hard to see the school from 99 no you can't it's like farther in yeah. it's farther west but it's just really interesting because that is a town that has had a lot of crime associated just because of the poverty level right. and so it was so cool to see that only one of the team members had a had a run in but that but it didn't define them right yeah I think that on. was fantastic I don't remember which one it was I think it was Quintes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think 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 so. Lou, are you voting for for Jim? Yep, Jim all the way. But FYI, he was in the movie at the end running with them. It wasn't like he was like, bye. No, he was still out there (laughs) training Mm -hmm. with them, and I think that was fantastic. Yeah, the fact that he was out there really kind of shows that, you know, no matter what went on in his life, he saw the, va- the the value and he believed in what this team did for the community. And he saw like, you know, hey, you know, I did what happened in, in my life is my life. But mm-hmm. this community needs better. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And he's and he's out there. OK, I think we, I think good. that ends like the most like intense battle ever. Emotional battle. OK, I have a I want us to get on. I almost have a battle question for Lou. It's not really a battle, but let's talk about he how Mr. White threw his daughter Julie an elaborate quinceañera and then the altercation after because then I have like a different discussion for us. So can we have a discussion first before that because it'll lead yeah, into that? Yeah, yeah. Well, and you tell me if this has to do with yours. I okay. wanted to talk about like the town people okay like the town members because okay, they're the sure. ones who end up throwing this quinceanera right. because he knows nothing no. about what that even means mm-hmm. um my daughter just turned 15 she's like when are you gonna have her quinceanera he's like what <laughs> oh, what but it's so funny because he's like huh <laughs> <laughs> i can't so even funny. know what it is which is hilarious because we where we're from we know what a quinceanera is yeah. like it's it's a quinceanera man yeah. <laughs> it's a quinceanera man it's a quinceanera man oh my god it's a it's a coming of age for a fifteen year old, and a lot of times it's done in a church and it's yes. party, and there you go. Mm-hmm. I just explained it. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, a, a debutante ball, if you're un- unfamiliar. <laughs> a debutante. A sweet 16. There you go. It's for 15-year-olds. Yes. <laughs> it's the equivalent of a sweet 16. The best, the best part of that scene is when he's like, okay. So he, he sends his daughter and his wife away to go get their hair done, you know. And he's going to surprise them with this thing. And he sits down at the table. He's like, should we uh, move this table? And they're like, listen. So in the backyard. Uh, yeah, in the backyard. And he's just like. I don't know what he says, but he's basically like, "We're just gonna sit here and watch." No, what this happens. is what he says. He, the okay, so it's the it's the, um, the shop owner. Shop owner. So we'll yes, talk yes, about yes. him too. The shop owner is like Blanco. The one thing you need to know here is that we are not the chiefs. We are the Indians. The Indians. And right yes, then, yes, yes, yes. all of these women come <laughs> rushing in with like just and decorations like, oh, and, and food. food and, yep. and they're like telling him where to put stuff. And they're like, oh, you need to move this table because this is where the dance floor is going. And he's like, oh, my God. OK, I cool. will do whatever you say, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I will defer to y'all. So let's talk about the townspeople because then we can talk about the quinceanera and then we can talk about the altercation. Yes. So who's your favorite town person? Hmm. My favorite town person? Yes. Uh, and it totally could be the Diaz mom because she's hilarious. <laughs> I love the, the Diaz, Diaz mom. Is up there. But I, I still, oh, it's really hard. I like the lady who owns the, the, the salon. Oh, and and she the has chicken? <laughs> the chicken. The chicken lady is good too. Uh, the lady who owns the salon and she's like doing their hair and, and stuff, and then she's showing she's them like, oh, her boyfriend's honey. car, and it's got her face <laughs> on the front of it. Is detailed. it Carla? Yeah, it's Carla. Yeah, Carla. So it's hilarious, hilarious because Carla is like painted on the front of her boyfriend's car in the style of the Virgin of Guadalupe. So he appreciates me. He appreciates me. Javi is the boyfriend. Yes. It's just so funny. She's um, hilarious. I think my favorite <laughs> my favorite townsperson is the shop owner. Mm. Um, I really really like him, but I uh, I just have to give an honorable mention to. To White's neighbor when when she gives him the chicken. So, Luis, can you explain like that? No, you can't explain that that interaction. Well, it's just the neighbor. It's just familial. I mean, since being a good neighbor, you know, white people take the you know casserole to a new neighbor. Mexican, this Mexican lady in the we don't even know her name. No, she was the neighbor. Well, the, the Mexican uh, neighbor lady, she gives she ends up giving him a uh, chicken. A live chicken. A live chicken. It's hilarious. And, um, typically, you know, that's the equivalent of, you know, Americans get, sending over a casserole. Yeah, like, oh, welcome okay. to the town. Yeah. But it's hilarious because the next thing you see is He's him in going. He's by a chicken feed. <laughs> and that's when he meets the shop owner, who is my favorite. He's literally still trying. He's trying to sell him this miniature tree. He's like, and, uh. In uh, how many years? Five I don't years. know. Five years. You'll have some, some nice shade. <laughs> He's, He's like, like five years. Uh, no. no, there's no way I'll be no. here in five years, bro. Which is so funny because you, we have to be real serious about like, there's one corner store shop mm-hmm. in McFarland. Like, it's not like even like so we live in Turlock, which is a bigger, uh, more established community. We have like multiple grocery stores, yeah. multiple places you we can go. We got Walmart's, we got Target, we got all this. <laughs> yeah, stuff. Safeway, Rayleigh's. Where you want to go? Mm-hmm. Save Mart. Ooh, they don't right? even got a Kmart in McFarland. Yeah, like we got a Costco, <laughs> right? But they literally have a store, mm-hmm. and so he is the store owner for this whole town, and he is so proud of himself because they've never closed in like I don't 25 know five years, twenty five years. So he's trying to. <laughs> sell him all of this stuff and they end up becoming like BFFs because mm-hmm. he's the one giving him all the um, ins and outs of the, of town. the town. And, and, and it's just so funny because when he goes to him he's like hey uh, 
think I'm, I think I'm gonna need your help <laughs> 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 about throwing her the keys. I'm trying to find out what his, what his name is because I feel so bad in the Mr. movie. Mr. Sol. Is it Soto? No. No, it starts with an S. Guys. Okay. In in the movie, yeah, uh, right right as he's deciding between leaving to go to Palo Alto and staying in McFarland, uh, he's talking to the wife and he's like, he's like, yeah, the the shop owner, he, he really he really did me good or whatever. I was I was thinking of, and the wife was like, the shop owner has a name. And he's our friend. And I was like, that's right. You what, tell what, him. What is his name his exactly? Name is, <laughs> I don't know I his don't name. Know but his name. Sammy Rosaldo. Rosaldo. Yes. Okay. Mr. Rosaldo. Gotcha. There yeah. it is. He's our friend. He's our friend. That's right. He I is our friend. Him. I don't know. So his then name. they they throw a a giant quinceanera for her, which is the best. And uh, Tomas gets her like a little bracelet that his grandma made, which is so cute. The way he looks at her, and then he's gonna take her on parade, which I guess is a. Thing. They uh, they parade. I them. honestly don't know. You're barking up the wrong. Guy. I don't know. Well, <laughs> they're gonna to every they're gonna parade her around the town, the and and Mr. White's like, you got her, and he's like, yeah, I got her. Um, and then uh, a bad thing happens. Yeah. So uh, Javi, that was the the, the I like Javi name. too. Yeah, Javi, Javi's a cool guy. He he has, he's in a car club. All the cars are really spoofed up. They got pictures of the girlfriends all on <laughs> on the hoods and stuff like that. The rims Shining are nice them and shiny. All the time. And uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm not a gangbanger, man. That's that's like something I did in the past or whatever. It's not like it's not me he now. Says. He's like. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, yeah, that's what he said. He's now like, "What do you think the club. first thing they're gonna notice is my ride?" Right, Paint yeah, <laughs> yeah. Job. I can't commit no crimes in this thing. Uh, <laughs> so he, truth, so though. they're parading Julie around the town, and it's, it's really nice. And then some stuff from the past comes up, I guess, and some old gangbangers come around, and I guess they just attack Javi. They don't really show they don't it. Don't show the movie, it, but which is know, actually kind of nice because I yeah. didn't need to see it. Yeah. But Javi gets shanked good. Right. He gets stabbed. Yeah. There's knives. And uh, it didn't really look like Tomas got hurt too much. I didn't really notice anything on him. But um, the daughter, they <laughs> we find out later that basically Tomas and like the, the team went in front and pushed her to the side so that she wouldn't be in the way. And that's how her, her knees got scraped up. Her legs got mm-hmm. scraped up pretty good. But... It was uh, the boys so protected her. Yeah, they did, but we don't we don't know that at the time. And as a mm. parent going into it, he's freaking out. The mom's freaking out, and he's ready to get he's ready to get out of the town because I can only imagine. And that was my question to you, Luis: is like he has to make a really, really, really hard decision. And like now you're a dad and you have a daughter, what would you do in that situation? You know, it's the same. You kind of start thinking about that's the so hard. Safety. And at, at that point, I mean, it's it difficult. First instinct is always to get him out of there. I mean, I don't blame Even him, Cheryl, when she's talking to him, like, in know. the bed, is like, this better not just be about our safety. Like, to leave the town type yeah. of thing. It's Honestly, just, it was, like, me, really complex me, for been, this movie. It would have been safety. That's all. Right. Yeah. Everything else is wonderful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think the hard thing is, is that now, well, okay, in the 80s, especially maybe in Idaho, it was a relatively safe time. Do you know what I mean? I, my parents always tell me, like it's like their revolving theme that when they were kids, they didn't have to lock their front right. doors yeah. and they could just play My out grandma never locked her door. And she, For hours and My hours. grandma never locked her door and she lives right off 9th Street in Modesto. Exactly. Like that was... And Th- that that's a not so fabulous part. In case you guys wanted to know, oh yeah, not, in case you guys didn't know, it, it's kind of the 
the ghetto of Modesto. It's it's the downtrodden. Um, but yeah, and my parents they grew up in the Bay Area, and I mean now you are not leaving anything unlocked in the right. Bay Area. But yeah. they just talk about how times were different, and now growing up like in this generation, I think we're just a little bit more. Um, savvy Mm -hmm. i won't say that we're like more prepared but we're just a little bit more savvy um because of crime rates and things Mm -hmm. but i think at that time i can imagine where for them that might have been like completely out of right Mm -hmm. out of blew their minds never seen anything like right and the fact that there was like blood everywhere they could see like the actual repercussions yeah and he's like you know (laughs) the shop owner was spraying blood off of his his parking lot this morning it's, I mean, it's some. It's scary to see yeah. those types of things. Yeah. Right. Um, but but it also happens. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And it's not like it's the town's fault. No, no, you know. No. Um, but I but I can see where that would where that would be bothersome. But I want to talk about one other town interaction that was my personal favorite. Um, it was kind of like the quinceanera, but so we talked about how Jim. Um, White, the coach, goes out and works in the fields with the Diaz brothers, mm-hmm. and you can tell like worst day he and he even says like that was literally the worst day of work i've ever done no matter what kind of crappy job i ever get (laughs) it'll never be as tough as this yes like that was the hardest thing ever Mm -hmm. and so he goes home and you like see the look on his face when he lands in bed like i want to sleep for 10 years yeah (laughs) and so he wakes up and in the morning there is like all kinds of commotion and i'm thinking to myself like what in the world is happening in his kitchen and he goes out there and his entire house is filled with all of these town ladies, his wife, the two girls, and they're all cooking. They're making tamales. Making tamales. And they're going to do a fundraiser for the for, for the, the team. team. Yeah. And it was literally the most the beautiful thing because they were doing like a tamale drive, a car, car wash. wash. And it just was so sweet because these moms cared so much. And I think he saw for the first time that that they want what's best for their kids no matter what. Right. You know, and I think uh, I mean, and, uh, let me add to that. They believe in him. Yes, so they do. Especially very, because he yeah. went into the field. Oh, for yeah. A day. Like that. To the them Diaz was mom was like, like OK, I see you. Right. Like, yeah. Like that was like, a, OK. And it, in relation to that, I can only imagine how hard that work is. My um, my grandma, uh, both my grandma and grandpa have passed away. But my grandma worked at the Gallo Center for years and years on the lines with bottles uh, which is a very hard job. And my grandpa, um, he worked in like the cotton fields, like picking cotton. That was um, his job. And so they, my grandma had a huge garden in her backyard. And when I was a kid, like about eight years old and on, she would pay me to go out in her yard and pull the weeds, mm-hmm. pick the blackberries, do the plums on the trees, the peaches on the trees, dig up the potatoes, dig up the carrots. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. Right. Like, oh, I hated it. You've never gotten stung by a blackberry bush that many times. Like, they're so <laughs> thorny. Just everything about it. And I I mean, I appreciate that she would make me do that kind of stuff for money. Or just even shelling um, pecans mm-hmm. forever. Like, she, we would have all these pecans and we would go into her house and have buckets and buckets of pecans and then we would shell them. Just things like that. So, I mean, I, I can't even imagine doing one day out in the field like that when I could only get some hours in and my back was killing me and I was dead. So that's crazy. Yeah. 
the 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 amount of work ethic that all the kids in this movie has is astronomical. Like this movie really made me realize how They're incredibly superhuman. How incredibly lazy I am as a as an adult male. <laughs> and uh like they cuz they're they're just getting up super early in the morning, going to work, going to school, going to practice, going to work again, going to sleep. And then doing it all over again. And the I get very that they're young. Day. Like I, I used to do. Like in high school, I was getting up early, going to zero period, doing choir, doing the sports teams. But I still wasn't doing as much as them, and I was dead tired no. all of high school. And, I can only imagine. Right, and they they seem to be perfectly fine. They're just happy go lucky the the entire time that they're doing all of it. I will add a bit of an asterisk mark to that statement when you said all of them. I don't. I'm not quite sure about Mr. Puentes. What he was doing. <laughs> That's he true. He doesn't want to mess all that up. You know? um, and Can't I get this sweaty. Um, if Cardenas, I, I would have liked to get a little bit more of a backstory on him because it, it would seem that he'd be kind of in the same boat. And I, and I would only say that Victor wasn't just because you know Victor was Victor. Yeah. You know, Javi um, was Victor's uncle. His That's uh, right. okay. sister's brother. Gotcha. So let's okay. talk about that for a second because this is a conversation Luis and I had. We talked about this for like 30 minutes on a car ride the other day mm-hmm. after watching this movie. It was really interesting to see the economic differences even between the kids in the town. Right. Because if you look at the Diaz family and you just look at like what their dinner table looked like, mm-hmm. they had all kinds of people, um, obviously, because it was a large family. They owned a home. They owned a they home. Owned a home they had but, land. And they, everybody lived in the home. Yes. Grandma, no, they didn't aunts, have uncles. Land. Dad, no, was, dad the was the foreman. foreman. Yeah. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Land. And, but they, obviously we know our Danny, but <laughs> they ate well. There was mm-hmm. no worry or at least not an immediate worry for, like, basic resources. Right. Um, but you look at, like, Thomas's family, mm-hmm. and like, like Luis was saying, um, Jose, maybe that was not the same thing because – so a lot of the problems we kind of find out with Jose uh, – not Jose, excuse me, Tom. Tommy or Thomas – is that his dad is more migrant in right. his in his he working. has to travel for work. So instead of like the other dad, the Diaz dad, who gets to sit there, he has his land. You work the land, and then you go home. Right. His dad has to go off and do things, and it, that makes it a lot more uneasy. Um, the pay is much less normal, mm-hmm. and so that's why when his daughter gets pregnant, he goes off. He loses. Yeah, he's his been mind. Cool. Loses also because he was gone. Like, can you imagine coming back and you're? I mean, I, phones and things are different in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I even have to think about that. But like, you come back and your daughter's pregnant. And you're like, I real pregnant. I've missed all this time. I don't. We don't have any money. How am I going to pay for this? Right. Like, I I'm not justifying the fact that he's getting so mad and punching the walls and things like that. But I can also see like that's such a complex, hard home life that it's that's crazy. Poor he must Thomas. have been gone for well over a year because obviously, yeah, right. Shows up his daughter's about to give. Birth. And the wife's yeah. like, "You're always leaving me," and he's like, "I know, but I got to make money." And that's that's so hard. Well, and I think that that's it's interesting to even see the the differences. In in their home lives, because the reason I even bring any of this up is because Andre, his his last comment was that he realizes how lazy he is. But really, (laughs) think about your high school experience. It's not even about laziness. It's about the privilege, because if you have the privilege to be able to not have to work like that, then you have the ability to be, quote unquote, lazy, Lazy, right? Because you don't have to do all those other things. Um, I got really good at video games and these dudes. you You didn't work in high school? Um, yeah, I did work, but, uh, Not I worked, like a lot. I worked at a, a country club 
I was a server, and I oh, got you worked at a country. I worked at you a worked country at SOS. Club. Yes, I worked at the SOS club, and I um I worked like that's a cute privilege job, I isn't it? <laughs> probably like twenty hours a month. Like it wasn't a okay. lot. Okay. Oh, month. see, I was yeah. working the maximum amount of hours I was allowed to work as a minor. The day I turned fifteen, my dad said, "Not that I'm getting a job, that I'm getting a food service job." And that was his thing is that, I mean, he was like, you're getting a food service job because you're going to learn a lot. I, I really appreciate things my dad did for me. So the day I turned 15, I went to the KFC on um, the one. Um, oh, gosh. Where, it's it's like, in Modesto. They yeah, it's in, it's in Modesto. It, it Nobody was, knows our street. It was Nobody not cares. a nice KFC. We got robbed at gunpoint. That's the point. It was not a nice. It mm-hmm. was not a nice KFC, but I worked there basically every single day. Mm-hmm. And that was rough because I was doing that. I was doing choir. I was doing lots and lots and lots of things. So mm-hmm. I was tired oh, yeah, in high school. But do I appreciate it? Yeah. Thanks, Dad, for making me get a food service job. It was great. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I did not work in high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And I didn't have to. And it's funny now, though, because, and Luis and I have talked about this, when I look back, and I think he has a kind of similar story, even though our home lives were very different. I realize now that my parents were sacrificing so much, like as an adult looking right. back, mm-hmm. so that I didn't have to work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I can't imagine what it would have been like had they not been able to, mm-hmm. and I would have had and to work. you would have, have had to work, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I look back, and I, and I really do thank my parents because they gave me a lot of opportunities work. that these parents in this movie just didn't have the opportunity to give their yeah. kids. Yeah, oh, and Same. my parents gave me tons of opportunities that... That, but they made me also it was my dad more than anything he made me work right. and like do these things which I appreciate because I learned a lot of lessons in that like if I really needed to work two jobs I could because I was like doing so much yeah. you know what I mean but I mean it was great it was good working at ghetto KFC have some chicken <laughs> every day for dinner I ate free every night so that was nice yeah. All right. see my chicken pretty Free good. chicken. got your chicken yeah Anywho, so how we how how are we feeling about this movie? We liked it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do we have uh, any I, Easter eggs? Well, I have some issues. Oh, uh, Louise with, with does. The movie, but go, I got go ahead. one Easter egg. Okay, the only one I could see. Um, I think is this is a scene right before the procession uh, where they take the um, Julie in in the car. Uh, yes. What uh, caravan? Whatever. Um, Blanco asks uh, Javi. You're going to go slow? He's like, it's the only way we know how to go. Low and slow. And that's actually an Easter egg from Cars. Cars yes. That's whether or not it was done on purpose, who knows. Pretty sure Ramon's Javi <laughs> is Ramon. <laughs> low and slow. Low and slow. Hilarious. Baby. I will um, tell you, I have zero Easter egg Easter eggs. They're more like fun facts. But I would like to hear Andre's issues oh, before yes. we go into fun facts. Yeah. Okay. So, so my issues are with the movie as a movie, not with the story or or any of the acting or anything like that. It's just that, like, I don't like how this movie is paced. I think I think what happens is that this is a this is a big story to tell, and they they put as much of it in as humanly possible. And I bet they filmed a lot more than what is actually shown in this movie. Probably. And so what I think happened is that they they did not necessarily like shortcuts, but they did like a lot of editing to make it move through the story quicker than I wanted it to move. Mm. You know, like I didn't I didn't feel like I got enough time with 
Jim at his previous job or them moving into the town or them introducing the characters of the kids at first, you know, and, and that continues throughout the entire movie and it it comes together as a complete story. And I, I get the entire thing, but throughout watching it, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I think I think I could have like, you said this was your favorite sports mm-hmm. movie. I think, like, Remember the Titans is is mm-hmm. that for me. And I think that movie is better paced than this one. Well, and it's funny that you say that because during that whole conversation, I told you we had a 30-minute conversation about this movie. Mm-hmm. I said I like this movie better than Remember the Titans specifically for this reason. Now, this, is, this has no reason about what you're talking about sure. other than I appreciate – this is going to sound so stupid. Corny really. What? It's gonna sound corny. No, it's oh. gonna sound like I like I'm a privileged white person. Oh, okay, oh. gotcha. <laughs> I have such a hard time watching injustice right. and straight out racism. Yeah. It's so hard for me oh, to yeah, watch. Oh yeah, there's a couple coaches in here I want to jump off a bridge. Right. <laughs> but in Remember the Titans, it's worse. Yeah. And it's and it's much more blatant. Sure. So for me, watching Remember the Titans makes me feel so uncomfortable. Mm. Not even just like as a white person, like I feel bad, but just like it just makes me feel so like like crappy. Right. Makes that that it's hard for me to watch. Mm-hmm. This was more even though there was some straight up like racist things yeah. happening here. I heard they could only run fast if a cop is behind them. Oh my God. Or and there's a Taco about, like, Bell in Taco front Bell of them. I was like, stop. First off, Goodness gracious. you have no idea about their tacos. Trip that kid. They don't need that. Literally when they said that, I was like, they don't eat that Taco Bell. They ain't never been right? in a Taco never Bell. Never eaten that Taco Bell. They're going to the Taqueria, baby. <laughs> but for me, it's easier to watch because it was more laid out as fact. Sure. As it was like an instance of racism. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. And I understand that that's a personal problem for me. Like, it's hard for me to watch that. Mm-hmm. But I think it was because it was like glossed over. Yeah. So it made it like more, yeah. it, like, it, a, it made it more easy for me. A little me. bit lighter in, yes. in that tone. I, so I, I know that, to... I guess the reason I say that it's like, like, awkward for me to say that is because, yeah, I'm saying that I would rather not watch it. Right. Yeah. But it made it more enjoyable for me because I wasn't uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I need sense. to watch Remember the Titans again because I, I can't, really good I can't yeah. like pull stuff. Like I watch it as a kid a lot, but I can't like pull it from my brain. Like I don't necessarily remember everything. Mm-hmm. I think the reason I liked this movie so much is just because of the community we grow up in. Yeah. So yeah. I could relate it's to very, it. very, similar. Very, to very much. Like right. I could, I, and also I, I work with kids too. So it pulls at my heartstrings. But I will admit that I wish we would have gotten more backstory on all of the kids of the team because some of them just kind of get lost in the background. Like I knew everything about Thomas, but I kind of got lost with some of the other ones. Get Jose's backstory, or I don't even remember who Jose is. Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) okay, but (laughs) like we don't we don't get as much. I even wanted more about Danny. Like I I wanted more about Danny. He, He doesn't talk much, you know, but I like him. Right. Yeah. Truth. So, th- no, so that, that was, that's that. my main issue with the movie is that is that the pacing uh, doesn't okay. doesn't do it for me necessarily. Like I, I think it could have been more evenly paced, or even if it, like it was already fairly long. It like was it, a long movie. it didn't feel like crazy long, hours. but but it, it, it there's definitely hours. some length in there. Yeah, it's two hours and nine minutes. So like I don't, I'm not sure if I wanted it to be cut down more so that it was more succinct, or if I wanted it to be longer so that we got more of the story in there. But I, I, I think its yeah. current running time was right. was not ideal for me. 
I never felt like it was too long. I thought it, it was a good length, and I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It felt quick when um, we watched it the second time because I was cleaning the kitchen. I was like, dang, it took me that long to clean the kitchen. We're already <laughs> almost at the end of the movie. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. But um, I really liked it. Um, Emily, do you have some stuff for us? Yeah, just some fun facts about like, it's, like related real and, and yeah. everything. Um, so this is really interesting, I personally think. that. So Kevin Costner um, was 60-ish when he when he did this mm-hmm. movie oh, and apparently right. he read about the McFarland high school races and this and Jim white and as a coach and stuff years ago in sports illustrated. So when he oh. like was approached for this role, he was like, heck yes. Wow. Kevin Costner is the, I, this was, was the role for him. I, I told Andre, I was like, he looks like a coach. He looks <laughs> yeah. like a PE teacher in a high school. Yeah. Like, he yeah. fit the role very, very well. I agree. Um, this one's really interesting. So the extreme hill that the boys have to run up during the cross country competition, mm-hmm. um, the really like the last one, the one yeah. that Danny keeps looking at, the, quali- yes. the qualifier yes. mountain. Um, it apparently so everything was shot on location. There was no green screens. There was no special effects. Right. Yeah. Um, they all had to run up that. And even this is the best part. During recording of the scene, the porta potties were placed at the bottom of the hill, and so. The director, all of the crew, all of the kids, even Senor, they all had to run up and down the hill every time they wanted to go to the oh bathroom. I would have been peeing behind a bush. Right. <laughs> Thank you. So multiple times a day, they were making themselves go up and down this hill. That's hilarious. Which I think is fantastic. Wow. God, I was even thinking about their last race, which was like in the Hollywood Hills, because you could see the Griffith Observatory and mm-hmm. stuff. And I've hiked those hills and it's torture. They were running them like, come yeah. on, beast mm-hmm. mode. Oh, right. I thought that was really cool. Um, another really cool thing is that they used a lot of locals in this movie. So a lot of the extras, like, so the neighbor lady very well could have been like just a resident. <laughs> right. Um, because they said that for the filming, Nikki Caro used, um, locals as extras and, um, Sergio Avalar, who is Victor Puentes is actually like a McFarland resident. Oh, wow. So that's really cool that they used, um, you know, the locals so that it it feels true and it feels real to the area. Um, This one I really like because I talked so much about how much I love Mrs. White in this movie, Cheryl. Cheryl. So apparently she was all that and more in real life. Um, She was like known as the team mom Mm -hmm. and she was taking care of them all the time. She was like constantly making them sandwiches. She accompanied them on all their trips and she was making sure they had beds, blankets, food, and that they took showers so they wouldn't stink, (laughs) which is hilarious because don't you have to remind teenage boys about that? Yeah. Ha <laughs> Making them sandwiches. What is a sandwich to these boys? Um, but, but a sandwich? You, no, no. In, <laughs> case, in case you guys don't know, at least in my household growing up, sandwiches are non-existent in my Mexican side of, of family. Oh, you guys want to have sandwiches? Is a American thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's why. I think is that why you always make me make you sandwiches? I like sandwiches and burgers. <laughs> 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 um. So. This is really interesting. Apparently, in real life, Jim White did go and work in the fields with them. Oh, okay, good. Um, I, I wanted to look that up, but I didn't have a chance. That was a real thing that he did. Um, and Kevin Costner actually went out and worked a day in the field, too, and was like, I hate my life. Like, don't ever make me do that again. <laughs> he looked very tired. Yes. So I, I don't think that that was... Maybe that was the day. I don't know. I mean, maybe. But long story twice. short, <laughs> yes, he did it twice. And he... So when he was saying, like, that was the worst thing I've ever done, he was not lying. Right. He said that was... Very 
very hard, hard. work. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. <laughs> um, a couple other things. Um, I <laughs> this one's funny. I like that the hero car. So the car with with Carla on the front. Okay, yeah. Apparently, that is not just for the movie. Apparently, that is Nikki Caro's car. Oh, that's that's the director's car. That's what this is saying. Interesting. So is that supposed to be her on the no. hood? No. Oh, okay. 1970s Chevrolet Caprice. They probably just painted it for the movie. The beautiful classic car. Oh, yeah. So that's her car. Okay. And then they added the features. Like, everything else is there, but they added, um, you know, the That's hilarious. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Which I think is freaking funny. So that's actually her real car. So they were <laughs> like, you better not mess it up. Right. So this one's a good one. Ramiro Rodriguez is Danny Diaz, right? He's the, the kid who plays that. Mm-hmm. He had no intention of auditioning when he agreed to drive his cousin to the casting trials for McFarland, and he landed the role of Danny Diaz after being pestered repeatedly by the executive producer. <laughs> so the producer just saw this kid. He's I like, love him even more. That kid's got to be in my movie. Look <laughs> at his mustache. Look <laughs> at his hair. He's perfect. You're my Danny Diaz. <laughs> I don't even think why we talked about why we like Danny so much. Danny. The best. Number one, the best part about this movie is that he has, number one, no reason to be on this cross-country team. No. He is overweight. He's a little chubby. Doesn't want to run. Doesn't want to do any of this stuff. Likes eating. Doesn't love running. He's the first one to say he wanted to be on the team. Is that true, Lou? Yeah. Oh, you're right. He was the first one, and they were like, anyone else? Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. man, Johnny, I forgot Johnny about that. Johnny is going around asking everybody. He's asking Victor, and Victor's like, nah, I don't really care. And Danny's like, can I be on the team? Yes, you're right. I'm so <laughs> lying. Okay. I love He does Danny. love to eat, though. Yes. And the, it's so it. funny, though, because he's every time you see them running, every single time everyone's pretty much in a pack. They might be spread out, but they're in a pack, mm-hmm. and then Danny is like, at the end. Up. Danny, up the rear. Coming up faster. around the corner. The if you ran faster, I'd pick on someone else, Danny. <laughs> but it's so beautiful because Coach White calls him the anchor of the team, and it's so true. Because yeah. had he quit, then everyone else would have been like, eh, well. He wins the state champs for them. MVP, MVP, Danny all the way. Yeah, And, and, like, and it's cool it, because even in the beginning when he's just joining the team, he's like, Danny, you 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 are going to be in last place for the for the most part, but you're important to this team, mm-hmm. and we, we need you here. And I, I really like that. He, Nobody trained harder than Danny. I really like that he said that to him, just starting out. Like he was never going to put on airs that he was. Oh, Danny knew that he, he knew. was going to be running up there with. Thomas and you know what? Danny didn't care because Danny was carboloading before races, throwing <laughs> up when he's seeing hills. On rice and asking beans. Him rice white, and he's beans. like, come on, how high is the hill? And he's like, you'll see it when we get there. And he's like, but how high? <laughs> <laughs> and then Danny is me. Uh, for those of you that didn't know, I had a very brief time with cross country. It was not fun. I needed one more unit to graduate high school, so I had to do the cross country team. I ran two races. I was last place in all of them. Sprained my ankle a couple times. I hated it. it <laughs> so wait, you can shed some light on this for me. Because they 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 showed cross country, but they didn't explain a ton of it. How far are they going for the most part? Three yeah, to five miles. Yeah, but you train more than that. So, like for example, from the college, we would run the canals, like all through the canals around where my high school was, mm-hmm. and then we would run to this corner store, and that that corner store had a walk-in freezer. It was like an AM PM, and they would let us walk into their freezer because it was so hot, mm-hmm. and we would like <laughs> chill in there for like five minutes, and then we would run back. Okay. 
and oh. I hated it. But and we had we had a races. very very hard meet. Our qualifying like the hardest meet was in Frogtown. What's the Frogtown called? Oh. No. Well, it might, I think it might be Angels Camp. Angels Camp. But um, it, it was the a frog hill, town. It was a <laughs> hilly race. Mm-hmm. Like there was multiple hills. It was dusty. It was like in the wilderness. And, uh, you know, I, I ran that race and it sucked. And that's when I sprained my ankle. And there was a dude on the cross country team and he went and like got me and like helped me finish. It was cute. Mm. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I, I missed practice. I would never go to practice. I'm like, I'm not going. Okay. I literally yeah. hated it. Well, I'm glad they're you, they're, they're so working way harder. Andre, than me. <laughs> Michelle is not Danny Diaz because no. Danny Diaz was at yeah. every practice. Danny never stopped. No, Danny was Danny was way better. <laughs> than never me. stopped. Dan- I was a lazy butt. I hate running, man. Danny was really great in this movie. Like seeing him overcome these hurdles that everyone is throwing in his face the entire the entire time is is, is really so motivational positive. and inspirational. And at the end, when he is the one to come up ahead, it's. I was cheering. I was going we were so like, hard. Danny, Danny, Danny. <laughs> Danny. My favorite cheering. part of the whole thing is so the reason he ends up ahead of other people is because wasn't it Jose? Jose. He, he went out too hard. fast. He just like he out pace. the gate was like, screw this. I'm going. It's the state. Yeah, he and was my nervous. My dad always said that to me during the race. He's like, "You pace yourself, pace yourself." And I was Jose. I would always go out like running, like yeah, 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 yeah. And then I would. Slow oh no, down. you gas out, right? right? Yeah. So at some point, he's like, like falling behind everyone else, and Danny comes up like slow and steady, wins the race, kind of kid. He's like coming up, coming up, passing all these people. And then who he starts out. booking it, yeah. and right at the end, he books it. Passes the finish line and literally falls over. And I'm like, I'm yelling at the TV. Don't even matter, Danny. You and I love it. The coach is like, is that Danny Diaz? Is it Danny? And I was like, he's the best coach ever. I like I it because a couple of shots later, like Danny is still on the ground. And Jim just like pulls him he over. Like pulls him over <laughs> he's like, line. you did it. And they lift him up at the end. And he's like, yeah. I'm the MP- I, he was the MVP in my eyes. It was great. God, it's so good. Uh, it, it's funny because um, I should have talked about this at the beginning but uh my dad's side of the family is all hardcore runners Mm -hmm. hardcore like my two of my uncles are going to china or another country to run like a really long race i had a my uncle ken Mm -hmm. ran the 100 mile race in the desert like they do like hardcore running they're all runners they all ran in high school they have like state winning times in oregon and then, so when I said I was joining the cross-country team, they were like, yeah, you got those Hearst jeans. You're going to be so quick. And I disappointed all of them. <laughs> well, look at you now. Yeah. Look at you go. Not okay. running. I did run a Disney a half marathon, though. <laughs> yes, you did. This is my last fun fact, but I think it's a good last one. So Coach Jim White, as we know, is retired now. But if you go to McFarland, mm-hmm. if, you drive, if you drive by like we do, mm-hmm. chances are you'll see him out on, there on his bike because he's keeping up with the kids every evening with a lot of the original team running alongside. Yeah. So at the last scene we saw was, was, the, was, one of those. was the real guys running with the actors but apparently those guys run out there with the team and so does the original jim white they have to be there that's awesome they're still running at that Mm -hmm. like years later that's great Mm -hmm. he retired in 2002 and after teaching in mcfarland schools for 40 years and coaching for 25 right yeah that's that's the other thing is that he he in real life jim white didn't get fired that many times um and also he had been working in mcfarland Before he did the cross country team, and and there had been a cross country team there mm-hmm. at that school, but it had shut down for whatever reason, and he's he the like one who brought it back. back. Yeah. yeah, 
and then got them a bunch of state championships. All right, what's this got on the tomato meter and money? On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has an 80%, which is pretty good. Um, uh, it was it was received well at the time, but yeah, I, I I had never even heard of this movie before 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 we decided to watch it. Um, I'd heard of it but before Luis was before Luis was, was was bringing it up all the time. But uh, but yeah, it, it was it was well received. Uh, people liked it. Let me see on IMDb. It has a. I think it's a little bit lower on IMDb. Yeah, I think it has a seven point four out of ten. On IMDb, uh, in terms of shmoneys, um, it had a budget of seventeen million dollars, which is really low for a twenty fifteen movie. Honestly, like they 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 did this movie, they found a town that said, "Hey, boys, run around, we're gonna film you." And I think that's <laughs> that why is because there was a lot of shooting on location, uh-huh. real like there's no special effects; yeah. they just did it. It's not expensive to film in McFarland, USA. You know, no, <laughs> I'm sure someone's given up their house for them to sleep in. Right. Like it's yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> they're having those tamale sales and they're just eating like it wasn't it's fine an expensive production um so in the u.s it ended up grossing 44 million dollars and then i think did it have a worldwide release no it, it's box office entirely was was 45.7 million dollars so so it, it did it did well it made it, it made its money back it was a, a, a success as a movie um good are we doing ratings yeah what are you gonna give it andre I think I'm going to give this movie a 7.5. It's very enjoyable, very fun, funny, emotional. It hit it, those emotional moments. They hit they hit really hard. Like when he's throwing her the quinceanera, when they get attacked, when they're deciding to move to Palo Alto, when they're winning the state championships. It's all very good. Um, my problems with the movie are the pacing and also the music bothered me a little bit at some point not not the actual music itself but where it was presented like there was a couple times where they they won or they didn't win a they didn't win a match they came in fourth and got to got to go to state and the music kind of like it wasn't as triumphant as i wanted it to be oh. like i wanted to celebrate that they won and the music was like Ding, 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 <laughs> You're like, um, excuse me. I don't think I really noticed that as much. Yeah, I, I noticed it. So that that that's a that's a detriment. To well, me. here's but the problem for me. I didn't notice the music at all. So no. I guess that's an issue. Okay, like, yeah. if I didn't even notice, yeah, any musical there. choices. Yeah, and sometimes it was like really quiet. Like there were scenes where there is no score at right, all. Right, right. They're just running <laughs> out in the in the right. streets of McFarland or whatever. By, yeah, they're like, this is real. Yeah, I, I <laughs> hear the trees. I looked it up and. The uh, composer Anthony Pinto, he uh, he done like four or five other movies as lo- as well as this one that oh, that year. Right. So you know he's a busy guy. <laughs> you know what? We're not gonna score this scene. <laughs> I, I ain't got time for it. Uh, so it's yeah. a two hour long movie. We ain't got time for this. <laughs> so yeah, seven point five for me. Uh, very good, enjoyable. All right, I'm gonna give this movie a nine. Um, the storyline was killing it for me. I can relate to it. It was inspirational. It hits home based on where we live. For all of those reasons, I enjoyed it so, so, so much. And I don't really like sports movies. And this is like a serious sports movie that I can actually say, like, I'll, I will definitely watch this movie again. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Emily. I'll give it an 8.5. I really enjoyed it. I will watch it again. You know, my major problem with this movie, and this is going to sound bad, but I, the accents bothered me. I don't think I noticed mm. it. Interesting. You know why it bothered me? Because there wasn't enough, I don't think. Right. I feel like based on where they live geographically, 
um, what was going on that we should have heard more um, like realistic um, Hispanic um, accents. Accents. Yeah. Because it was really funny. They actually made fun of this quite a bit in the movie, but like the white people are trying to talk to the Mexican people in like Spanish, like bad Spanglish, mm-hmm. like can you please tell your father that I said thank you? And then Danny turns to his dad and is like, he said thank you. And then the dad's like, you can tell him I said you're welcome. (laughs) In English. Like, it's so funny. Or they say, gracias. And they're like, you're welcome. (laughs) Quite hilarious. Um, But when I, when I think about accents and, and, and just people who, you know, are, are first generation. Right. They, they have, they have thicker accents. accents. Thicker, Even yeah. like when I speak to Luis's parents, I mean, we we have some broken conversations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And on both of our parts, we're both looking at each other like, mm, you know, mm. like, do you know what I'm trying to say? I and the other one's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just really interesting. Mm. Yeah, good good stuff. All right, Luis, what about your vote? As you guys have heard all throughout the podcast, this is my favorite movie in regards to sports movies so mm-hmm. far. Um, at least Disney sports movies, definitely my favorite. Um, so I am going to give it a 9.5. I really, really, really love this movie. Like I said at the beginning, uh, parts of it kind of hit home for me and it's all the great parts of this movie. Yeah. But yep, 9.5 it is. Good stuff. All right. McFarland, USA. If you listen to that whole thing and haven't watched it, go give it a watch, I suppose. Um, next week is our voting week. Yeah. So you, the fans of the Walt Vault Podcast, get to vote on our next movie. Um, we have a random selection of films. We are going to have you vote on... Alice in Wonderland, Snow, Snow White. White, or Tarzan. Yeah. Shut up, Phil Collins is on. <sighs> Phil Collins. I love me some <laughs> Phil Collins. Phil Collins. So check those out. Uh, we you can vote on our Instagram page at the Walt Vault Pod. Uh, go there, vote on that. Uh, comment on the post for this episode. Tell us what you liked about McFarland. All that good stuff. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at the Walt Vault Pod. Uh, you can DM us there. Send us a message. We'll we might read it on the show. I thought that I got an email this week, but uh, nope. It was a spam message. He got some spam. Not, not, not the flu. So if you want to send me an email, make me happy. You had to, to. You had to like clarify that it wasn't the food. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Send me an email <laughs> at contact at the wallvaultpod.com. I'll read their message on the show. It'll make me happy. Uh, you'll all be happy as well. If you want to help <laughs> out the Walt Vault, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can go to uh, the waltvaultpod.com slash Amazon. Click the link, shop on Amazon like you normally would, and a small portion of your purchase will come directly to us. And to make it even easier, you can just bookmark that link and then constantly do it and not even worry about it, not even think about it. We'll keep getting a little bit of money at no additional cost to you. Um, you can also just subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or tune in or any of the other podcast platforms that we are available on hit subscribe that helps us out helps spread the word about us you can leave a rating and review on itunes that is also helpful and the final way is to go to patreon.com slash the wall vault if you sign up for as little as a dollar or more you can get access to our after show a crack in the vault 
uh, where we talk about uh, some extra content about these uh, Disney movies that we are discussing. So go there. Uh, I also post my notes from the episodes on our Patreon. And if you sign up at the $5 or more level, we'll send you a gift in the mail. Isn't that nice? That's nice. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening. Uh, We will see you next week for the fan vote. That's been it for this week. Uh, The vault is now closed. 